Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's <laughs> happening in your world tonight. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's not really Ron Burgundy. He just has a way better mustache. He's Jake. And we are so glad to have you with us tonight as we talk about some strange USSR encounters in the year of 1989. Jacob, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. You you told me, a, a named a couple names there that even I'm not familiar with. So not that I know every goddamn thing, but usually pretty familiar. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear this shit. Yeah, I uh, I had the one of the stories on here that I'm gonna tell. I've had it on the list for a while, but I haven't done it because it's not enough for a full episode. But then I realized after after I heard a different podcast that the entire year of 1989 was pretty fucked up for for the Soviets. Well, fuck me. I'm ready to jump into it. All right. My curiosity is killing me just like a cat would be killed by the curiosity. Yeah. Thanks, Macho Man. <laughs> so, you said no intro, but I'm going to give a little kind of type of intro. Hey, you take it away, buddy. And it starts with a question What happens when you mix recess with Star Trek? Uh, recess the institution or recess the old cartoon? The old cartoon. Oh, you get a episode of Recess where TJ bones a green girl. No, that's your kind of story. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> well, it's quite an interesting story. That's what you get. So, back in 1989... The wonderful year that was. I remember a lot about it. You weren't even born yet. Anyway. <laughs> I, on the other hand, do remember a lot about the year 1989. Bullshit. Bullshit. You were what, three, four? I was four. That was the year my baby brother was born. Uh, you could remember nothing and still know that. No, I remember being in the hospital and holding him. And I remember my dad coming home without him or my mother because he was a little bit premature. And so he had to stay in the hospital. And my mom had had a hard time, so she had to stay in the hospital. And asking my dad where my baby was. Um, I remember for Christmas, which would have been 88, but close enough, getting a uh, Power Wheels 4x4 truck. Uh, 1989 was also the year I received my first BB gun. I still have it. It is a 50th anniversary Red Rider. Of course it is. Everyone's first. <laughs> so I remember a lot about 1989. Fair enough. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. So several cities in what was the Soviet Union had quite a few otherworldly experiences. Um, April 24th was one of the first of many strange happenings for the Soviet Union. It was a simple and short, but very strange happening. Um, the name is Ivan Veselova. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. 
Who? Me or Yvonne? Ivan. Ivan. <laughs> Ivan. Ivan. Living in Cherubevisk. I'm getting dickered on this one. <laughs> you want me to spell it out? <laughs> Hold on. Let me. <laughs> we get yeah, something get to a write pen. on here. Get a pen. All right. Go ahead. You ready? C H E R E P O V E T S K. Cherubovitsk. Living in that, <laughs> reported a strange and enormous craft hovering thousands of feet above the ground. The only witness was Ivan, so most just laughed at his claims. That is, until a month and a half later, an even more outlandish story was reported. On the 6th of June, a group of children in... You want to try this one, too? <laughs> sure, go ahead. K-O-N-A-N-T... S E V O. Uh, Conansevo. Conansevo. I have no idea if I'm saying these right either. Allegedly observed a strange craft landed in a meadow and a headless person jumped out of the craft. Whoa. And that was a, <laughs> yeah. a headless person. Yeah. How'd he get in there? <laughs> Why is he jumping? Uh, the anal probe was too big. Headless <laughs> people don't generally jump. <laughs> no, but... Maybe for a second. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> then, again on the 11th of June, a woman in Vologda, Vologda, one of those, yeah. reported a fiery sphere crossing the sky and stated that the craft was visible for 17 minutes. That's a long time. It is. That's going and real fucking slow. That's like, look up, look at the clock. Wait for it. Oh, now it's gone. 17 minutes and 12 seconds on the dot. The most heavily witnessed incident happened in September of 1989 a sighting that was witnessed by more than 500 people an unidentified craft was spotted above a neighborhood another craft was spotted over a nuclear power plant and it emitted some kind of rays that even burnt the ground all of these sightings happened before what was said to be the most insane incident to which they didn't even hold a candle to. And a couple of hundred people witnessed this. But a few dozen got to see it right up close and personal. And after what they experienced, they probably wish they hadn't. Oh, buddy. Yeah. So several people were gathered in a Voronezh park. Yeah, Voronezh Park on a beautiful September afternoon. Voronezh is about 300 miles southeast of Moscow, 
parents were watching their children, taking walks, waiting for a bus. And there was even a group of kids playing football. Not sure which, if it's the football or football. It would probably be the uh, soccer. Yeah. On a field in this crowded park. Another ordinary day at the park that is until around 6.30 p.m. Now, I don't know how Russia or Soviet Union Septembers work, but here it'd be getting dark. Uh, any idea what region of Russia or the USSR this was? North, south, east, west? 300 miles southeast of Moscow. So, yeah, it's probably, probably kind of a cold. That's still a northern climate. Yeah. So, at about 6.30 in the evening, a bright pink light appeared over the horizon, which, at 6.30, some can argue that it could have been the sunset, but this light was so bright, it stopped people dead in their tracks with all eyes on it. After just a moment, the people made out an orb shape emitting the light. The amazement dwindled as the fear rose when they realized it was getting closer. As it approached, they noticed the hue of the sky change from a soft pink to a deep red. The light seemed to drown out the regular light of day as it radiated off the orb. It halted midair and hovered over the field where the kids were playing soccer, most likely, a moment ago. Spectators say the orb was about 10 meters across the website. I was reading this. Said 30 feet. Well, yeah. But we're in Russia. It's going to be 10 meters. 10 meters. Just wanted to brag about that for a second. They just translated for it, you know. How dare they? That's my job. <laughs> you bastards. Yeah. And it started to circle the park. After a little while, a hatch-type door began to open on the bottom of this weird orb. That's about the time when all the people looking at this orb began to see a large humanoid figure emerge from the opening. The figure appeared to be about 10 feet tall. Whoa! Not seven. That's that's a big guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, he looked weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's ten feet tall. <laughs> yes, but it appeared as though he had a shrunken head with no neck. They said this head basically rolled on its shoulders. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the only weird thing. It had three eyes, two of which were very human-like. The other one, right in the middle of his noggin. In the third eye area? Yes, the yeah. third eye well, area. How about that? Yeah. So the other eye was not human-like. It was quite large for this shrunken head. And apparently the alien creature humanoid was wearing something that closely resembled overalls and were metallic silver 
and he was also wearing bronze boots. I said he. I don't know if it's a he. Also, it had a belt with a strange symbol on the buckle and was also a large, bright bronze disc. I'm just going to say bronze boots. That would be very uncomfortable. I think they were more going for the color. Oh, not the material? Right. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Carry out. As soon as the humanoid triclops got good enough look around, it then went back into the orb and the hatch closed. This did nothing to comfort the people because as soon as the hatch closed, it began to descend until it gently landed on the ground. The hatch door once again opened and stairs emerged from it. Again, the humanoid graced the park people with its presence. It didn't stand alone, though. With it stood a small mechanical box. Strange word choice saying stood. Right. But Mr. Triclops reached down, pushed a button, and it sprouted legs and arms. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Next generation Roomba. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this one can actually use a vacuum machine. (laughs) So... On the box part of the box, it had buttons and knobs, I guess, on its torso. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what boxes have. I mean, once it grows arms and legs out of the sides and bottom of the box, the box becomes a torso, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. So soon after the box came alive, the Triclops, which... I'm just going to call Joe Bob. So Joe Bob in the box began walking. (laughs) What? That'd be a great bluegrass band. Joe Bob in the box. Joe Bob in the box. (laughs) Put it on the list. (laughs) Deal. (laughs) They began walking across the grass towards the people. This made one kid in particular scream his lungs out. Joe Bob didn't like that. Oh! Yeah, so as soon as the child with face started screaming, he shuts the fuck up. That's when the crowd realized Joe Bob was staring right at Mr. McScreams a lot. And sure enough, his eyes are glowing. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so... All three of them? All three of them. Oh, shit. Glowing a bright pinkish red. Um, so little loudmouth McFuckface wasn't just being quiet. He was paralyzed. Or so it seemed. Um in this trance, the boy couldn't move, speak, or even blink. And it didn't even look like he was breathing. This brought the braveness in the crowd to an all-time high. They all heroically started screaming, (laughs) all unified, bravely shitting their britches seemed to do the trick because Joe Bob, along with his spherical chariot, vanished into thin air. Ah, yes. Hmm. It worked. So they're... uh, 
seems their decibel level kind of saved the day. Maybe, maybe he figured out he wasn't wanted. <laughs> eh, five minutes later, Joe Bob and his pimp mobile reappeared. Oh, shit. Yeah, Joe Bob was also packing heat. Uh-oh. This heat wasn't your regular shotgun or rifle. It had a tube running into a metallic box type deal. And it had a pointed end. So it was like... Kind of like a prism type shape, I guess. All right. So Joe Bob aims it at the still paralyzed preteen fuckface and pulled the trigger. (laughs) Just like any other gun that we operate on Earth, the kid evaporates. Don't tell my lawyer we kill people, man. (laughs) (laughs) So one minute. He's catatonic. Next, fucking gone. (laughs) Once again, the people in the park show their bravery by screaming and running. That's fair. This hurt Joe Bob's feelings. So he went right back into his Cadillac and fucked right off. At a quite fast pace, too. It, It, like broke the sound barrier just like the boom and crack you know mm-hmm. um but joe bob felt bad about what he did so as soon as the sphere was out of sight the little fuck face reappeared exactly where he was unharmed but unconscious well i mean it was nice of him to bring him back i guess yeah yeah so, looks like Scotty beamed him down. Yeah. So, everyone goes and hides back in their homes. But, eventually, the story does get out. It spreads to the largest papers in the Soviet Union at the time. Reports of aliens, attacks, vaporized kids, and most of all, the deep-eating fear that basically consumed anyone who saw it now as all good things do the story made its way to america Mm-hmm. no mean feat in the year 1989 when the soviet union was still a thing and the cold war was going on precisely yeah so us being americans were very supportive and believing that we also put it in the papers And we named the story Close Encounters of the Communist Kind. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we didn't believe a fucking word. And basically, we thought they were just like, uh, they were having issues with their government. Mm -hmm. So they were spreading fear, propaganda, fear mongering to uh, keep the people in check. But that's still a pretty shitty way for good old America to deal with it. Now, scientists made their way to that park. Mm. And what they found was pretty neat. Uh, They found where the craft had landed. They found alien footprints. Which 
I have to question because it was wearing boots. I mean, you just saw my brow crinkle. I know that the listeners yeah, couldn't yeah. see that, so I'm going to voice my, uh, my concern. How did they know they were alien footprints? Because apparently they were extremely deep in the ground. Okay. And where the craft was mm-hmm. went from there. And then, like, from where it was, there was no footprints back. Those, like, whatever was making those footprints just poofed. So, I mean, yes, if they did find footprints like that, that is uh, uh, it corroborating evidence, but not exactly a smoking gun. Also, I forgot to tell you one of the better things that America said about the appearance appearance of this alien they they claimed with the uh metallic overalls and the bronze boots Mm -hmm. they do believe that he that uh the soviets found elvis wait what (laughs) that's what they said because apparently elvis had some strange outfits yes but yeah. So Last time like, I checked, he was not ten feet tall, nor did he travel in a floating orb. But he did have the three eyes. He that's a, yeah. Nope, he didn't have three eyes. Last <laughs> oh. time I checked, and uh, I just can't see Elvis Presley vaporizing a kid just to bring him back. Right. He would. He would. He would do it for good. Definitely for good. So, among that stuff. They also found, we're getting scientific here, radioactive (laughs) isotopes. Oh. Not from Earth. Oh. And also two stones recovered from the site, not from Earth. Uh, Were they stuck to the bottom of the guy's boot and fell off? How did the stones get here? I don't know, maybe before he shot the kid, he was going to huck a rock at him. (laughs) But he changed his mind. They were stuck like, in the landing gear or what? Like, where the fuck did the rocks come from? Who knows? I got rocks in my tires. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I get rocks in the treads of my boots and stuff sometimes. Like, but. Yeah. Maybe maybe these bronze boots had big treads. Big treads. So, mid-October, the same red orb was spotted by dozens at a train station in the same city, Voronezh. Eventually, after the orb was bobbing up and down, I'm talking with my hands again, but I'm keeping the mic close. Yeah, to you're face. doing a good job. Thanks. You're only using the offhand. Yes. Good la, job. La, la, la. So, yeah, it kept bobbing up and down until I guess it found a good place to park. Mm-hmm. And it parked. A hatch opened, and out popped none other than Joe Bob. Uh-oh. He was holding what appeared to be a metal rod, and he walked onto the ground and started probing the ground, okay. which people assumed he was taking... Samples. Soil samples, right, right. rock samples, and then he fucked right off again. Well, at least he didn't vaporize anybody this time. That's true. That is true. (laughs) 
uh, scientists also made it there, found holes in the ground, and also found the same radioactive isotopes. So that was in October. Um, and I know none of us are getting sick of Joe Bob stories, but this one doesn't have to do with Joe Bob. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So in the summer of 1989 in Eastern Russia, a Soviet naval officer known only by his initials DA had his very own odd experience that might just top the rest. Hmm. Unlike most others, this didn't involve spaceships and aliens and Joe Bob's or metallic walking boxes. His was, and still, is one of the most unique stories ever reported. He went on a hunting expedition deep in what is known as Taiga in Siberia. Mm -hmm. Which... That's cold, even in the summer. Yeah, especially in the taiga. Mm -hmm. The taiga region, it's like a big, like, kind of flat open plain region, but it's pretty much in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Yeah. So, he was with a few men, and they were coming to the top of this hill when they noticed what looked to be waterproof canvas tent thing. And some of the lower IQ men on this expedition forgot to bring tents. So they used the ancient rule of finders keepers and decided to help themselves. So after finding this, the men who kind of took over the tent mm. decided that's where they were camping. So everyone had to stop and... That's when D.A. noticed something strange. It was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> just above his head, like just above his head, mm -hmm. there's a very strange low-sitting cloud. And, you know, he's, he's going to do the curious thing. And, and poke jam it. his hand up. Yep. <laughs> Something pushes his hand back out. Oh, oh no. So this genius of men decided he's going to jump up and try to put his head through it. No, that's a bad idea, bud. Don't do that. He does it. And a very different outcome. Now, we've talked about a lot of things on this show. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Uh, does he come back without a head? No. Oh, okay, then that's probably the worst thing that could happen. So, he feels his head pass through the cloud, and for some reason he's got his eyes closed. Then what was the point in sticking his head in there? If not to see? Well, so... <sighs> he's one of the lower IQ men on the mission, isn't he? He feels something very strange. <laughs> Instead of his face freezing off, mm -hmm. it, it begins to get very warm. Okay. And he notices it wasn't quite as dark 
than when he first closed his eyes. So he opens them, and he realizes he's not in Kansas anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. So he's in a place that he's never seen before, and he's now in a very warm, very sunny place with hot sand underneath his feet. Oh, wait, so his whole ass transported somewhere? His whole ass. His whole ass. And the rest of him. All right, then. He was now surrounded by tropical trees. DA realized he was on a beautiful beach. So right right next to him, I, I assume when he opened his eyes, he was facing one way, and he saw the sand, felt the hot air, saw the trees. Mm-hmm. He turns around. This great big bluish green ocean, hmm. right, right there, and the beautiful gentle waves are gently meeting with the sand. Hmm. Yes, beautiful, and a feeling of euphoria washes over him for about a half a fucking second. He then sees a strange vehicle coming towards him. He said it looked like a futuristic car. Mm. Um, was it Tesla? No, 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 no. It was a 2010 Subaru Outback. <laughs> Those still look the same as they did in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also realized there was three people inside the vehicle, or three beings, I should say. But as it approached closer, and he's too much of a man to skitter out of view, Mm -hmm. he sees one is a man and two are women. They look pretty normal, pretty Mm human-ish. And as they get to him, they say hello in a flawless Russian accent. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. And after the pleasantries... They offered him candy, and he got in their van. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, was it Reese's? Because that's worth it. It wasn't Reese's. Oh, well, then fuck off. It wasn't even M&M's. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yep. It was like... (laughs) Marzipan? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not bad, but not worth getting in the van for. That's the hard tack of candies. (laughs) You don't like marzipan? Uh-uh. Oh, it's okay. I don't mind Okay. So they drive around for a bit, and they get to a large building that D.A. thought was a factory. When inside, he saw these strange humanoid beings, and they called for him to come over. He's a smart guy, so of course he goes. He right. talks to these strange-looking humanoids. That speak Russian. Well, these ones look different than the ones that offered him the candy in the first place well obviously but if they called him over and he went over to talk to him they have to speak russian he speaks russian yeah i guess so all right so again he takes the candy and they ask him to do some tests Mm. some more more candy for da Mm -hmm. i want to say his name's like dimitri aronoff probably (laughs) <laughs> Something like that. I mean, it's it's Russian sounding. So the tests were just questions to which he answered, and then 
He asked who they were. They didn't say much. They only said they were from the 21st century. After that, they offered him a place to stay. Oh. He didn't want it. He said the last batch of candy kind of sucked, so he refused. Saying he had to get back to his wife and kids. They insisted, and he got scared. They said people go missing all the time, and it wouldn't be a big deal. He wouldn't be missed. That's a dick thing to say. (laughs) It is, yeah. (laughs) He once again refused, as he did his surroundings of the inside of this building Mm kind of disappear. Mm. He's surrounded once again by fog, but the beings are still around him. So he figures they're taking him back. So he wanted to get his questions out while he could. He said, uh, 1989 was very bad, and he wanted to know the future of his country. They told him, it'll be okay. After that, he fell out of the cloud onto that familiar hill to which he leapt through. Hmm. Well, his men realized that he had gone missing after he jumped for quite some time. Oh. And that wasn't normal, so they ran up to him, scared, kind of pissed. And they start asking him, where were you? Where the fuck did you go, Dimitri? Yeah, Dimitri Aronoff. So the smart guy tells them everything. Okay. Some of them are like, Stude's fucking nuts. <laughs> Others are kind of freaked out because most people don't just get sucked up into the clouds and then fall through telling this kind of story. Not generally, no. It was at this time they heard rustling from nearby bushes. Oh, no. The men were armed, so they start blasting. Oh, shit. (laughs) After, of course, they let whatever no was in the bushes that they were going to shoot it. Mm. So they start blasting. Go over there. Nothing's there. Maybe they're just really bad shots. Maybe it was just a breeze. Could be. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy shit, though. Now... Back to Joe Bob and friends. (laughs) Joe Bob in the box. So, um, same, same city, Voronezh. Two women are walking around and it's the middle of the night, so nobody's there, but it's in the, it's in the middle of a city Mm -hmm. when they see this one alien kind of, appear out of nowhere seems rather large large alien small head Mm -hmm. joe bob but after a minute they realize that there is another being materializing that's a little bit shorter but same features Mm. junior joe bob junior joe bob (laughs) (laughs) so um one of them takes off running. And there isn't any names in this. I'm mm. sorry. Yeah. 
but uh but we couldn't say them anyway probably not <laughs> wait what is it natalie romanoff there there we go there black go. widow there go. <laughs> uh she she freezes in her tracks while the other one runs um basically her fear is so strong that her legs go numb and she's just standing there. The way they explained this was very interesting. Um, so they walk like normal humans. Mm-hmm. But it appeared as though something wasn't letting them touch the ground. They were they were in silvery metallic clothing, including mm-hmm. the boots. He, he traded out the bronze boots. Um Everything was all silvery, but they had very pale white faces with featureless. So we're dealing with Slender Man. <laughs> um, but when they walked, they didn't touch the ground. <laughs> How the fuck did they leave footprints then? These ones didn't. The last one did. Yeah. Was he just, he put on his different boots and now he float walks like fucking Hopkinsville? Not float walks. And how dare you even call that floating? He's above the ground. Not not that. The Kentucky Goblins. They're floating. Harps. Yeah, but walking. <laughs> That's not. No. That was not walking. I remember what you said. Um, so when they were about to touch the ground, these little red balls would come out of their boots and basically roll them. They got Heelys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so as they're walking, they walk directly by this uh, frozen in fear Russian lady off. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when she realizes just how big they are. One of them is at least 12 feet tall. Oh, he grew. The other one is at least 10 feet tall. Uh-oh. He's just a real, real little guy. <laughs> real little guy, yeah. Um, so, Chicken Shit McGee, after a while... She said she was trying to run to her house, but her legs were still numb, so she kind of dragged herself there. She forced her way back mm-hmm. to her house after they passed her because they were going after her. Uh, Runny Mrs. McTake flight? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Little Miss Flea McGee. She doesn't hear anything else about it until she sees it in the papers like two days later that someone else had witnessed these. A construction worker who was working very, very, very late that night had seen these things just walking down the street. And he called the reporter. So, it appeared as though they were sharing every story from 1989. Mm -hmm. So, he shares this one and she comes forward, tells them what happened. Mm-hmm. One person, scientists ain't going to do shit. 
two people who see the same thing, scientists, they'll come. So they start taking all these samples and where she said they materialized from was still highly radioactive. Mm. Like, even the air. They had to wear their hazmats and whatnot. After she tells the story, then the newspaper revamps it with her details. Mm. Then several others come forward. Oh. Uh, and they saw the same exact Joe Bob and Junior Joe Bob. And that's when the media gets told by the government Mm -hmm. that they believe the aliens want them to tell the stories of the aliens. So every single story they have to report. Oh, yes. So there's this feller who's up on a hill December of that fateful year. Mm -hmm. And he's, I guess, just chilling because it's fucking freezing in Russia in December. Yes. And then he sees a small orb, but not red this time. Hmm. And he sees it land... And he's a brave one, so he approaches. Out pop three humanoid figures. They didn't give a height. I'm I'm assuming they're seven feet tall. Yep. We'll as everything is. Um they were wearing strange, strange uniforms slash safety gear. They had masks, um, gloves, boots, everything, and it seemed to be all sealed, but he could see their face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm talking with this hand again, sorry. <laughs> you um, were doing so good. Well, I was still keeping it by my face. Just... Yeah, wasn't okay. Bad. So, he asks them where they come from. They said, we are from a different solar system and live on a red planet. And he says, can I go with you? And they said, if you do... It will be impossible for you to come back. When he asks why, he said, because you won't be human. Oh. He decides he doesn't really want to go that bad. But he asks what they're doing there. Aliens say, we are figuring out how to survive the bacteria of Earth. Oh. They were getting ready for COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Now, he noticed something. They weren't talking with their mouths. Mm. Telepathic communication. Gotta love it. Yeah. And he asked if he should tell anyone about this encounter. And he said, tell everyone. Okay. That's just what they did. That's easy. But that being in December, that's the end of that crazy fucking year. Well, fuck me. 
had a lot of shit going down. Yeah, what did you think? They, I've never heard any of these stories. That's fucking great. I love it. Really? Yeah. All right, I'm proud. We got whole different kinds of aliens going on. Not little gray fellers, but 10-foot-tall white fellers. I personally like Joe Bob. You know, I, I don't know what he was doing, but... Well, he had that really good parental look. The look, you know. Yeah, the, you look, the look where your eyes glow. Yeah, but and who hasn't of... wanted to vaporize a screaming kid before? I can't blame him, really. <laughs> well, not only that, but like, was he paralyzed or petrified? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, it might not have been Joe Bob's fault that the kid was fucking paralyzed like that. Yeah, because that one uh, very brave woman female off um she froze in fear right and her legs didn't work that is uh something that gets missed you know when they say fight or flight there is a third option and that is freeze and you wouldn't believe how many people choose freeze i do i can i know that for sure well at least for sharks i do i ever tell you that what when i was on the boat uh swimming out in the ocean i felt something touch my leg mm-hmm. and i was like huh and then i felt a big something touch my leg and <laughs> i said oh and then i saw a dorsal fin and i froze right the fuck there did not move and then i saw the little blowhole <laughs> no, I hate dolphins. I don't even know how I treaded water. I didn't move. I mean, I can't say as I blame you, bud. Like, when it comes to sharks, we're in their kitchen. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, that's that's not our territory, man. I didn't want to look too appetizing. Right. And they say most shark attacks happen in eight feet or less of water. I was in eight feet or less of water. Yeah. Maybe 10 feet, 10 feet or less. Close to fucking enough. Yeah. And I was catching sharks all the night before, so I knew they were there. And I froze right the fuck. You knew they were there and possibly seeking vengeance. <laughs> Not like I heard any of them. I gave them a free piercing. <laughs> but yeah, as far as. These stories go. I knew I knew the Voronesh Park one, but I Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. So what do you think? Bullshit? <laughs> you know, it's I, I don't I don't know. Because on one hand it's like, look, you listen to enough of these stories, you I've heard weirder than that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that I believe. Shasta. But then you have to caveat that with saying anything that came out of Russia during the Cold War, well, probably even now, you got to be real skeptical of it. Anything. You know, yeah. it, it's propaganda all over the place. That doesn't mean everything is false. So I think for as many hundreds of people corroborated, corroborate, corroborate. Yeah, that's the right word. Corroborated the same exact story. Uh-huh. There's got to be some truth to it. 
because I left a hell of a lot of UFO sightings out. I only did the interesting ones. Right. You didn't just do the ones that, like, all oh, ten people saw it go by? Or one person saw. Right. Yeah. There was a hell of a lot, though. There was probably a hundred more sightings mm-hmm. that I could find easily. Right. And I also left some of the more, not outlandish, but you know they're fake. Right. Because we like, we like to let the listeners have the option of deciding whether or not this actually happened. Yeah, absolutely. So you're calling some BS some truth? No, I'm I'm not calling either way. With the reason that like like I said, anything that comes out of rush like it's the stories themselves are that's very believable that all this could have happened. Like I said, I've heard way weirder and I believe it. The only reason I call I'm like skeptical to believe it at all is the fact that it came out of Russia. And if there was, if somebody on the American side were to want to make up an alien encounter story in the 80s, putting it in Russia would be the perfect way to do it because literally nobody could verify it. Also, I forgot this little detail. Mr. Gorbachev checked a few of these out himself, including mm-hmm. the park. And, uh, he started spreading the stories too. Um, and that was the year that the Soviets went down, right? I believe 89? so. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, they were also that guy, the last story I was telling, mm. they, uh, Goodness. The guy believed that they wanted the aliens wanted him to tell everyone mm-hmm. that they were there because you're going to love this part. He believed they had a same, a similar government system and they thought communism was the right way. Oh, Jesus. And there's where we find the propaganda. That I was worried about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I personally don't think that's the right way to get a story believable. That's more like, say if it happened here during wartime, it'd be Uncle Sam and a gray alien behind him pointing at us. Right. Both saying, I want you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the alien would have the little glowy probe finger. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That sounds like some propaganda. Yeah. Leave that part out if you really want it believable. But then again, who's to say that the aliens visiting don't have something of a communist system? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, for for them being so advanced, I would think it more like diarchy or even like a king you know that's a really hard conversation to even have 
diarchy, monarchy. You know, I mean, what kind of government would an alien race have? Who the fuck knows? Well, that's the question for today, and all of our 16 listeners should tell us what they think. Yeah, sure. Weigh in. What kind of what kind of government system do you think the <laughs> the the extraterrestrials got? <laughs> well, I mean, we have we have listeners everywhere now, right? Pretty much. Yeah, we do get listens from <laughs> all over the place. So, yeah, why so not? I'm I'm pretty excited to see what people think. And it's my turn. How do they reach us, Ben? <laughs> well. The fastest, easiest, and best way to reach us would be via our Facebook group, Paranatural Podcast, on Facebook, or you can visit our website, paranaturalpodcast.com, where you can reach us through the contact section, or you can hit the little green button that looks like a microphone down in the corner of the website and leave us a voicemail. The other way to reach us directly would be via our email, paranaturalpodcast at gmail.com. I seem scripted. <laughs> I've just said it a lot. <laughs> and if you don't really give two shits about their government system and you're getting sick of alien stories. <laughs> Whoever gets sick of alien stories. I hope there's no one. But <laughs> tell us what kind of story you want us to do. If you got a story or if... If you want us to do a cryptid from where you're from or whatever. Yeah, we're definitely down. We're open to suggestions. Yeah. So reach out via any of those platforms and methods and let us know. But it's got to be spooky or weird and or, not true crime. Or, yeah. Yeah. We don't do true crime so much. <laughs> no, not unless it has to do with ghosties. Correct. Closest we do is asylums. Yeah. Haunted places. Where yeah. crimes may have occurred. Yeah. Like that one. <laughs> Awful fucking story. New year, new us. Yeah. <laughs> well, same us. Same We're just going to avoid those us. stories. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got for uh, 1989. All right, Jacob. That was a fascinating fucking topic, bud. Thanks. That was cool. Uh, I like it. Bringing them out of the Ruskies. And with that, I will say, if you enjoy our show, please do not forget to share it with a friend. You have been doing so lately. We very much appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys listening every single week to us rattle on about some weird bullshit. So until next time, thank you very much. And good night. Good night. <laughs> Love you. Spread the word. Yeah.